meeting today's challenges with yesterday's experiences. Senior wisdom is your opportunity to take in wisdom gained by our elderly population and apply this insight to your own life. It's a time machine of sorts, sending you back to challenges of pre-millennia days and places that stretch across the globe. Born and raised in the Los Angeles area during the 1950s and 60s, Lou Sitzer developed a curiosity to know more about the world. As a casualty of the civil rights movement, Lou's graduate professor suggested he join the International Voluntary Service and go to another part of the world to help an underdeveloped country. This experience was supposed to provide some quiet time to reflect on Lou's past experiences in Mississippi. Well, it didn't. He was placed in a remote village in Laos, Vietnam. As you would expect, Lou witnessed many of the tragedies of war. After an accidental bombing at the village that he lived in, Lou decided that he didn't want to be a martyr to the Vietnam War and came home. Once home, he received his draft notice to fight in Vietnam. Lou's realized wisdom is, war is in most cases not worth it. He recognizes that our influence with each other includes taking care of ourselves and each other. Caring starts in the communities where we live and extends beyond. Senior Wisdom is ready to share another golden nugget. So adjust the volume on your laptop or handheld device and soak into a conversation with Lou Sitzer. Well, Lou, I'm happy to be sitting with you this, today, this evening, and uh, you're going to be sharing with me your, your experience with Vietnam, and I take it it was not as a soldier in this right. particular story. Mm-hmm. It was something else. Um, this was back in the 60s, I believe, and mm-hmm. at that time, had, were you already out of high school? Actually, uh, I had come back from Mississippi. I had uh, spent uh, uh, my final year in college, graduated, started graduate school, and um, I was, I was uh, really a casualty of the civil rights movement. I didn't realize it at the time, but I came back and I was feeling wounded, um, much as a lot of people who participated, realizing the brutality of um, of human beings and how they can treat each other so badly. Uh, and so I had a, a graduate professor who said, you know, Lou, it would be good for you to take a break. Why don't you join International Voluntary Service and go to another country for a few years? It was it was the model for the Peace Corps. It, it preceded the Peace Corps, and uh, it was the idea of spending a few years uh, helping in an underdeveloped country. So I went to uh, Washington, D.C., trained at the Foreign Language Institute, and had a choice of going, at the time, to Laos or Vietnam. And Vietnam, I knew, was at war. But that doesn't sound like the perfect choice if you're trying to get a little layback time and, and re, you know, yeah. kind of put your thoughts together again. You, you went in, into a, a real war. I mean, the Mississippi thing wasn't a real war, but it was a war of sorts, no yeah. doubt. Well, I thought by choosing Laos, I was staying out of Vietnam. And I thought, well, that's the peaceful place to be. And so uh, I was put, uh, I, I trained in uh, Laotian and uh, um, studied as much as I could uh, while at the Foreign Language Institute, and then um, went and was placed in a remote area in Laos, which happened to be just 
10 miles from the Ho Chi Minh Trail, which is where uh, the Vietnamese um, moved from North to South Vietnam during the Vietnam War. And it was exactly what I, you know, didn't want, but um, in some ways it was a very educational experience. I was placed in a war zone. Did you know at the time that you were 10 miles from a very aggressive region? I I didn't know I didn't the the war sort of went in phases and um, I knew that I was being placed in a remote area I didn't know the danger I didn't realize until I got there that uh, I was actually as the war more and more was conducted this by Richard Nixon the bombings were happening closer and closer. The night sky was lit with flares. The jets with bombs would fly over. Uh, uh, literally, uh, I could hear them. And so, and at one point, our own village where I was living for over almost two years was bombed by accident. It was one of the fatalities of what happens in a war. There are a lot of what's called collateral damage now. And so I got to experience what war was like firsthand. Were, were you there at the time of that accidental uh, bombing? I was not in the village at the time of the bombing, and it was very difficult for me to interact with the villagers. I had lived there for over a year. Uh, I was um, shocked by what had happened, tried to explain to them as best I could that it was a mistake. And um, we had to live in the forest for two weeks while the... The, the bombs went off. They were delay action bombs that were meant to disrupt traffic. And um, the Air Force was instructed to, um, to drop bombs. Uh, rather than come back with ordnance, they were instructed to drop bombs in what could be you know, neutral areas or actually this wasn't a neutral area. I was part of a movement that, of the time to win the hearts and minds of the local people. And, uh, you know, instead it... it was a huge setback. Yeah, the entire village was destroyed. And uh, people were killed. And uh, uh, People that you knew as well? People I knew were killed. But because they were delay action bombs, most of us had the opportunity to leave. Uh, but, I mean, we were building a school, a medical dispensary. We were digging wells. This was all part of a, uh, an effort uh, on the part of the uh, U.S. Agency of International Development, USAID, to, to um, bring the, 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 you know, the sentiments of the people to uh, favor a democratic form of government. I mean, these are the kinds of things that go on in wartime that we don't hear about. I took pictures. I wrote up articles. They were all intercepted by the U.S. Embassy. I was called up sat down with the ambassador and said, well, Lou, you've got a choice. You can go home right now, but we're going to keep these photographs, or you can go and help rebuild the village. Well, I, you know, I had tremendous guilt about what my country had done to, uh, to uh, the Laotians. This, these were peaceful people. I mean, I had never seen an argument. I'd never seen an angry blow. I'd never seen a parent hit a child in uh, almost two years. And uh, these, were, these were gentle people. And here they were immersed in a war that they had no, uh, nothing to do with. I mean, that was an ugly situation. 
I, I just can't imagine that we would deliberately do something like that. And, and, but how do, you, how do you pay back a village that you've accidentally destroyed? I mean, yeah. that would be quite, quite difficult. You come in with a lot of money, which is what they did. You know, and were uh, you a part of that? Uh, no, rebuilding? I, I was. Oh, I, yes, I chose. I chose to stay and rebuild until my uh, fellow compatriot was assassinated in the neighboring village. He was shot in the middle of the night. Well, a compatriot. What do you mean? Was well, he a we, we trained together. Oh, okay, was, oh, uh, he, a guy that came from America. Yeah, yeah. He was a, a IVSer. You know, like international voluntary service, and we trained together. And he was about twenty-five kilometers away, and the. Um, Patet Lao, who were the, I don't know what you would call them, the, the rebels or the uh, opposition, came in the middle of the night and, and shot him uh, in his sleep. And, um, and so at that point, I, I be, I, again, here I was. <laughs> Is this something that I want to devote, perhaps lose my life for? You know, I, I, I was trained in nonviolence. I consider myself a nonviolent person. Uh, I don't believe in war I think war is the the and violence is the is is a result of, of of giving up and of of not being willing to sit down and work out a solution and it, it usually ends with you know power hungry men who uh, who just want more of something and uh, of course sometimes there are legitimate oppressive governments that you just can't stand anymore but Vietnam was not one of those wars. Vietnam really wanted to become a, a unified nation, and there were many opportunities for the French and then the Americans to sit down at the negotiating table and work that out. That was a war that could have been avoided. What was your decision at the time after you heard that your friend was killed? Yeah. Uh, did you stay or did you leave? I went... I said, I need a break. I went to Cambodia for three weeks. I thought about it. I, I decided that this was not something that I was willing to sacrifice my life for. I didn't believe in the Vietnam War, which is one of the reasons that, that um, I was uh, part of IVS, uh, trying to help just refugees primarily from the war. And um, so I decided after three weeks in Cambodia that I would come back and resign. So I actually broke my two-year contract uh, short of a few months and uh, came home. And then I was faced with a draft notice. <laughs> oh, that's tough. <laughs> that's really tough. So, uh, so I, I, I went to my, uh, I went to, to the, I took the tests. I went to the, you know, the induction center and um, asked to talk to the psychiatrist. And I said, look, you know, I just came back from the Vietnam War. I just witnessed it for the last two years. I know uh, what it's like. There's no way in the world I would ever, you know, go back again, and especially in a military uh, mission that I didn't believe in. And so he said, well, you know, you sound perfectly sane to me. Next. <laughs> oh, so what happened? Well, um, I had a choice. I could leave the country, uh, which is what a lot of people did and go to Canada. I could go to jail or I could become a teacher. Uh, I got into... That's the, how you got into teaching. That's how I got into teaching. I, I, uh, Lyndon Johnson's War on Poverty created the uh, Teacher Corps, and it provided me for a, a deferment so that by the time I got my teaching credential and uh, finished working in poverty areas for two years, 
too old to be drafted. I was 26. So you did serve your country. You really, and that, I didn't know that that twist was available back then. That's really something. I've never stopped serving my country. Yeah, In I fact, that's that. one of the unfortunate, you know, um, misunderstandings that the people who, who um, uh, protested the war, the people who protested uh, in, in Mississippi, uh, the people who uh, protest what's going on now in terms of violence are very patriotic, you know, are, are living by a code of um, um, that uh, there are better ways to solve problems. And we have examples, you know, unfortunately, most of them are martyrs, you know, you, you, you take someone like Martin Luther King, you know, or um, um, even uh, Gandhi, or you can go back, you know, religiously to Christ, you know, and I, I didn't want to be a martyr. I, w <laughs> I wanted to live out the rest of my life, you know, I, uh, so I became a teacher. As a teacher, well, actually, reflecting back then, uh, working for your country is, can be done in many different ways, and going to war is one that you didn't believe in, yeah. but teaching you did, and you yeah. found that niche. You know, they talk about World War II being the good war, uh, as if there could be a good war. Uh, maybe if you look back on the Revolutionary War and say, you know, it was a good war, it gave us our country and our independence. So I'm not, I'm not casting out all war, but I am casting a pretty heavy opinion that war is not an answer. War is, uh, and we can see that in what we're doing now in the world. You know, and how we we went into Iraq, you know, to to create a you know a a better society, and how we have supported Egypt, and how we're you know in Afghanistan now, and 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 we can see that our military in intervention, almost of any kind, does not solve problems. It it you you may you know be able to get rid of a leader but you won't be able to get rid of a movement. And it's only by recognizing that we have um, a common purpose in life. And we all want a certain amount of security. We all want, you know, a certain uh, standard of living. And, um, you know, people will say, well, you know, uh, you, you get what, you earn what you get. You know, if, you're, if, you're, if you work hard, then you'll have a good life. Well, in fact, that may not happen. A lot of innocent people work hard and, and suffer. So, um, you know, there, there needs to be a, a greater generosity, greater compassion for, uh, for everyone. Well, may, maybe today there could be more movements in applying this wisdom, which is war in most cases isn't worth it. Uh, there, there's another avenue to take. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how does a person get involved in taking that step to, to defending yourself if you need to, but really moving ahead in a fashion with people you may not be yeah. in agreement with in a fashion that uh, will help solve the yeah. problem so you understand each other. Well, one way, again, is to travel and see the great diversity of people who uh, do get along with one another, the great sort of common humanity and, and um, not be so persuaded by fear. I think that fear has been a, a, a the, the basic element that creates distortion, that creates um, a reaction of 
violence and you know I want I want to keep mine give me mine and I'll be okay and I don't care about you but the fact is that you the rest of you do have an influence on me and in order to take better care of me I've got to also take care of you that's very good that's very good I mean implementing that in the world it takes not only a, an education on hearing that same statement many many times but but also to to somehow activate it, that in our lives in small ways what would be some small ways that that could be actually done well, on a daily the, basis yeah one of the things i uh, i didn't mention is that after traveling the world and living in many places i came back to nevada city nevada county realizing that the best way I had of influencing others and also living a, a life that I would enjoy is working in community, you know, working in a smaller community, our community here. But, you know, I mean, we all live in communities. Some of us live in cities, but even within cities, there are neighborhoods, there are communities. And by, by emphasizing how communities work, and how we can work in community. I mean, there is a, that's a nice phrase in my mind, to work in community. It's working in cooperation. It's working in understanding. It's working to solve each other's uh, conflicts and problems. Uh, so um, I, I would say that the lessons I've been learning is to, um, is one of scale. I thought as a youngster, I could change the world and you know and then maybe as i got older i'm learning that well i can change the community uh and in, there's an old phrase is that you know the only person you really can change is yourself you know so um maybe i at the age of 70 i've come to the realization that if i can work on myself in the in the best of ways that the influence i'll have with others will be greater and really that very inspiring to hear about about uh, the experiences that you had in Vietnam and uh, really how that transformed into building a a very collaborative environment that uh, or contributed to a collaborative environment that's been uh, manifesting itself right uh, in the little tiny town of Nevada City in California. Thanks a lot. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Steve.